Good morning, everyone, and thank you for your willingness to hear about my faith journey to the neighborhood church. As many of you know, I grew up on a farm in Canton, Ohio. I am the third child of four children, and that's probably why there are no baby pictures of me or my younger brother, who came three years later. It's also why most photos of me, you can see that my pant legs are rolled up or my shirt or my dress is a little too big for me. That's because I was wearing my sister's hand-me-downs. Actually, it wasn't until my siblings and I were adults that we realized that we were probably not the most well-off family in town. Our parents had experienced the Great Depression, had six mouths to feed, and every penny counted. However, they always managed to have food on the table and a roof over our heads, and sometimes even made it quite an adventure. My first memories of any religious experience were quite different from one another. My father was from Brooklyn, New York, and his family were all Orthodox Jews. When we traveled to visit them, I can still remember seeing my grandmother light the candles on Friday night and wave her hands over the flames while saying her prayers. It was as if she were gathering up the Spirit of God and bringing it into her heart. My mother was from Akron, Ohio, and her family were all active members of the Christian Missionary Alliance Church. My second memory was attending a church service at a big tabernacle at their summer family Bible camp on the shores of Lake Erie, and hearing them practically raise the roof with their wonderful music. The magnificent old hymns were sung from their hearts with joy and love, and I, as a youngster, imagined that the sound went directly to heaven and to God's ears. In both situations, even though I was quite young, I believed that I felt the presence of God. My parents never practiced their faiths at home, I suppose because they were so different. I would describe it to others using the analogy of a loaf of bread, the staff of life. Like religion, there were many different recipes for bread, and all denominations were different recipes for faith. But I have to admit, as I grew older, I was a little jealous of my relatives and friends who attended church or synagogue regularly as a family, I felt there was something missing in my life. Now, in those days, all I really wanted was to get married, have children, and a family. So I vowed that no matter what religion my husband-to-be was raised with, we would celebrate as a family, and my children would be grounded in that faith. I met my first husband and father of my amazing three children, my freshman year at Miami University of Ohio. He and his family were devout Catholics. We were married two years later, and over time, our family attended Mass regularly. I taught catechism, and we celebrated all the wonderful sacraments of the Catholic Church. The sacrament of communion, though, has always been incredibly special to me. The ritual of breaking bread, the transformation of bread and wine always gives me a real sense of relationship with God and an awareness of the significant role that Jesus Christ plays in my life. Sadly, 33 years later, our children grown, we went through a long and bitter divorce. Those were very dark days for me. I can still remember driving my car and crying so hard I could barely breathe. 
alone, sad, anxious, and very frightened. The only way I could calm myself was to pray to our loving and gracious God, and then to imagine that Jesus was actually sitting in the car seat next to me, saying, You are not alone. I am here with you. I believe that gave me the courage and strength to survive those dark days and other difficult times in my life. After my divorce, I was no longer welcome at the communion table in the Catholic Church, so I began searching for a new house of worship to attend. A friend invited me to attend St. Matthew's UCC Church in Wheaton, Illinois. He knew I had some musical skills, and they had a wonderful bell choir. Wow, the bell choir was awesome, and I quickly joined the group and was amazed at the extraordinary hospitality extended to me by everyone I met there. I attended membership classes and learned more about the UCC denomination. I loved that the United Church of Christ sets itself apart from other Christian denominations with its emphasis on the belief that God still speaks to his followers today. That the Bible, though written in historical times and places, still speaks to us in our present condition. And best of all, the motto of the United Church of Christ comes from John chapter 17, verse 21, that they may all be one. Fast forward to year 2000. I had just retired from long career at United Airlines as a senior project manager in information technology, or IT as we called it, at their headquarters in Chicago, Illinois. My two daughters had already migrated to sunny Southern California, so I accepted a director's position at Universal Studios in Universal City. I moved into a beautiful townhouse in Woodland Hills, and I quickly became a valley girl. One day at the office, my human resources rep advised me that her husband worked with an incredible guy that I should meet, as we were definitely just right for each other. I mean, really, a blind date at my age? Are you kidding? Well, I resisted by telling her that I had a very stressful, high-powered job, family to spend time with, lots of wonderful friends, and no interest in a long-term relationship. Well, she persisted, and that guy and I made plans to go to the movies on a Sunday afternoon. If he were a real dud, I would watch the movie and then say a quick goodbye. Well, I was tidying up the house a few minutes before he was scheduled to arrive, and I took the trash outside to the dumpster. I looked out to the curb and saw some old guy getting out of his car. He had on striped shirt, checked golf pants, tennis shoes, and a beret. Egad, I thought it must be Chuck. Jeepers, creepers, what was I thinking? You know, I'll never do this again. Well, then I really, I felt terribly guilty for being so judgmental. And I told myself, Karen, you know, you cannot judge a book by its cover. He sounded amazing on the phone. Well, the rest is history. When I answered the door, there was handsome Chuck, all dressed in beige, with a beautiful smile on his face. By the way, I told him about the little old man I had seen at the curb, and in typical Chuck Tucker style, he quickly responded, 
Karen, it's all about setting expectations. It was the best 20 bucks I ever spent. (laughs) Although he had a wonderful first blind date, the bad news was that I discovered he was G-U, geographically undesirable. He lived an hour and a half away on some peninsula in the South Bay. I can still remember leaving my sunny, warm home on a Saturday morning, Starbucks mocha frappuccino in my hand, my convertible top up, the music turned up, and by the time I got on the 110 from the 405, I was freezing. Oh, I'm sorry, that convertible top was down. The top went up and the heater turned up as well. Since we were together almost every weekend, I asked him if there was a UCC church in the area. I still had not found a place that I loved in the valley. So it was Chuck who first brought me to the neighborhood church. And amazingly, they had a bell choir. I really felt in my heart that this was no coincidence. This was God calling me to my new church home. Chuck and I were married here two years later on February 2nd, 2002. That's 2-2-2, so he has no excuse for forgetting our anniversary. What a gift to find someone so late in life. And over the years, God has often called me to serve. I've been blessed to have served in a number of different capacities at the neighborhood church. And I have to be honest, there were times when I preferred, preferred to not answer his call. But on so many occasions... I received enormous blessings when serving and have actually witnessed miracles firsthand. Well, meeting your husband on a blind date, I mean, that's almost a miracle to begin with. I want to tell you about just two other of those miracles. The first was a result of serving on the Board of Christian Action. I learned about Harbor Interfaith Services and the incredible work that they do. One of my neighborhood church friends and I recruited 10 other women to join us in starting the Harbor Interfaith Services Women's Auxiliary. Since there were 12, we called ourselves the Dirty Dozen. Eventually, our fundraising efforts, along with a grant from the L.A. County Supervisor, were responsible for building the fabulous facilities they utilize today to house and support families in crisis. The second example was volunteering at Family Promise of the South Bay. One afternoon, I saw an incredibly quiet, shy little girl in her father's arms who could not crawl and would not or could not talk. I guess she was about nine months old. Actually, she was 18 months old and had been sheltered in her parents' car since birth. After being in the Family Promise program for just three months, she was a beautiful whirlwind of movement, standing, taking first steps, and smiling all the time as she babbled to her proud mommy and daddy. Many members of our church family have helped at Family Promise, painted rooms, assembled bunk beds, and brought meals for homeless children and their families. Their actions gave those families hope and ultimately sustainable housing. I've seen lives changed through the extraordinary hospitality, 
continual generosity, and ever-present love of this church family, my church family. As I get older, I believe one of the best gifts, gifts I can give to my family, friends, and community is to be a good witness, to provide testimony to those miracles, to tell the stories of our neighborhood church traditions and the wonderful people who make up our faith community. I love being invited to the communion table at the neighborhood church, open to everyone regardless of where they are on our faith journey. The Christ candle lights the altar. The music lifts our spirits. We are given the bread and invited to take it individually when each person is ready. I believe this practice recognizes the individuality and diversity that exists in our faith community. Then we are offered the wine, and we are asked to wait and take the wine together. I believe this practice recognizes that we are one body, one faith family, taking the blood of Christ together. In that moment, I return to the spiritual experiences I first had as a child, and again, I feel the power of the presence of God. When I look out over the pews, I see so many familiar faces, so many special friends and loved ones. I lift you all up in thanksgiving for the blessing of your friendship, your love, and your support over the past 20 years and as my journey continues. Thank you so much for listening to me today, and God bless you all.